Thanks for tuning in to the Lake Forest Church Podcast. Lake Forest is a community for people who have given up on church, but not on God. If you'd like to learn more about our churches in Huntersville, Davidson, and Denver, North Carolina, you can check us out online at lakeforest.org. Well, tis the season. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Lauren, for that great missions update. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, My name is Aaron. If this is your first time, I am uh, one of the pastors here at Lake Forest Church, and it is an honor to begin the Advent season with you. Whatever your preparations are like, be they YouTube-worthy or, well, the rest of us, we are glad uh, that you're here with us as we prepare for this season. Um, Today, we're launching a brand new series called What Child Is This? Uh, And, you know, it's interesting to think about this, but uh, during the Christmas season, we don't really often stop to reflect on the significance of of this child. Who was this baby? Who is this baby born in a manger just over 2,000 years ago? And why did he have to come in the first place? Oftentimes, uh, I like to look at stories of Jesus and share with you what we can learn by watching how he interacts with others and watching the kinds of things he does. But in this series, we're going to do something totally different, something totally unique. We are going to listen to Jesus describe who he is in his very own words. In the Gospel of John, that's one of the four accounts of the life of Jesus. John, by the way, was one of Jesus' closest friends, kind of like a little brother. In the Gospel of John, we get these sayings from Jesus. They're called the I Am Statements. And these are statements about, from Jesus about his own identity. How would Jesus answer the question, what child is this? And one of those statements is found in chapter 10. It goes like this. Maybe you've heard this before. It says this. I am, this is Jesus, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And so today I want to start by looking at this statement from John. And as we explore, what does Jesus mean when he describes himself as the good shepherd. Seems like a fitting place to start, doesn't it? If you you know the story of Christmas, uh, the shepherds out in the fields were the first ones to be told about the child. Uh, They were the first ones to pass along that news. Uh, And so Jesus would grow up and he'd describe himself as a good shepherd for the human race. And one of the reasons why I think this is so important for us today is because for a lot of folks, Often when they think about God, they think about a God who is this kind of distant, unknowable figure somewhere way out there. People think of religion and doctrine uh, as doctrine you're supposed to believe or as rules you're supposed to follow. But the picture that we get from Jesus, the picture we get from the Bible is altogether different. It's the picture of a God who is a person, a God who wants a personal relationship. And that's what I want to talk about with you this morning. You know, this, uh, the relationship Jesus used to talk about how God wants to care for you is the way a shepherd would care for his sheep. Uh, in fact, in the Bible, uh, the Bible talks a lot about sheep. A lot of times it mentions sheep or shepherd. In fact, it mentions sheep more than any other animal. Cattle are mentioned 131 times. Uh, dogs are mentioned 41 times. Eagles are mentioned 26 times. Do you know how many times the Bible mentions cats? Zero, that's right, zero times. Cats are not in the Bible, you can look it up. Cats were a mistake, God regrets them. (laughs) 
But you see, sheep and shepherds, sheep and shepherds, get this, are mentioned over 500 times in the scriptures. And here's what I want to suggest today. I think this image is so important. It is so essential to us for us to understand because it says something that's deep and profound about the human condition. The truth is sheep need a shepherd. There are other kinds of animals out there that run wild, right? We have wild dogs, wild horses, wild three-year-olds, but there's no such thing as wild sheep. Sheep need guidance. Sheep tend to make bad decisions on their own. That's what they are, and that's the way we are too. That's why the prophet Isaiah describes human beings in the Old Testament this way. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray. That's just our condition. That's just what we do as sheep. A few years ago in eastern Turkey in a village, there was a flock of sheep, uh, and the shepherd wasn't with them. And the lead sheep decided that he was going to run off a cliff. Did you read about this? This was in 2006. Guess what the rest of the sheep did after that one sheep ran off the cliff? They started running off the cliff too, one after another. You'd think one of them would have stopped and said, you know what, I'm not quite sure about this whole thing here. Everybody keeps going off the edge of the cliff and no one is coming back. Perhaps I should pause and reflect before I mindlessly go over the edge. But sheep don't think this way. They just think, well, Sally went, Pete went, I guess I'll go. It doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> I promise you that's the only one today. That's the only one. <laughs> See, truth is we can be that way. We live overstressed, overhurried, overexhausted with no margin. And we say to ourselves, well, everyone else is doing it. I guess I'll do that. I guess I'll be a slave to what other people think about me. I guess I will flirt with a temptation or an addiction I know will harm me. I guess I'll neglect God and neglect what matters most. I guess I'll just go over the cliff's edge because everyone else is doing it. Now, when Jesus grew up, he knew all about this part of human nature. In fact, Jesus tells us in the scriptures, says that, or excuse me, the Bible tells us that when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Get this, like sheep without a shepherd. See, Jesus knows that we need a shepherd. Everyone needs a shepherd. And because we are sheep, the truth is, we all have a shepherd whether we know it or not. We are all following something whether we know it or not. We are all looking to something to provide comfort, guidance, happiness, and meaning whether we know it or not. Maybe my job is my shepherd. Maybe my 401k is my shepherd. Or what other people think of me is my shepherd. Maybe it's alcohol or a relationship or success. We all have one. We all have a shepherd. And the Bible says, choose your shepherd very carefully because, because when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you will, you will, your job, your money, or your success will not shepherd you there. They cannot. But here's the good news. Here's the offer that Jesus comes to make each and every one of us. If you want, if you would choose, you can have Jesus as your shepherd. You can have Jesus as your good shepherd. 
Now, maybe you've never considered this opportunity before or this idea that Jesus wants to be more than just a cute baby in a manger, that he actually wants to lead your life or be your shepherd. So what I want to do with our time this morning is I want to tell you a little bit about who this good shepherd is and what the scriptures say this good shepherd does. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to consider letting Jesus be your shepherd. So the first thing the shepherd does is this. The first thing he does, and this is all going to be in John 10. If you want to turn there in the Bible uh, next to you, you're welcome to do that. You can find John in the table of contents, or you can look online. I'll have all the verses up on the screen too. First thing the good shepherd does is the good shepherd knows his sheep. One of the most remarkable things about this image of the good shepherd is just how relational it is. Of all the images Jesus could have used, he chose this one, and that because it is intensely, intensely relational. And this is what we see in Jesus' statement in John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd. Watch this. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. What word reoccurs over and over there? Can you guess? Let's see you guys know it. Okay, that was bad. Now, if, I ever, if ever there was a word in the Bible that deserved... A deeper study, it is this word know. In the Greek, the original language of John's gospel, there are actually two words that get translated into the English word know. The first is the word oida, which simply means to perceive, to see it with my eyes. The second word is gnosko, which means to know in a personal, deep, and intimate, experiential way. Oida means to know about something. Gnosko means to know it personally. Now, unfortunately, English has just one word for both of these meanings, but you kind of get this even though you might not realize it. For example, I was reading an article this week. Uh, I was bemoaning the cold weather, and I was reading an article about Tahiti. Now, I have never been to Tahiti, and it, but it was beautiful to read this description. It was describing the incredible sunshine, the beautiful beaches, the tropical paradise, on and on and on, right? And I learned a lot about Tahiti, like how much it costs to go there, which is a lot. <laughs> but you see, until I am sitting on the beach in Tahiti with my toes in the sand and the umbrella drink in my hand, I do not know, I do not gnosko Tahiti. I only oida, I know about Tahiti. Now, I haven't been there. I did tell my kids this year, if they're tired of getting me socks and underwear for Christmas, here's another option. But, um, but here's what's so profound about Jesus' statement. Guess which word he uses for knowing in this verse in John. Gnosko. Gnosko. In other words... Jesus says, the God of the universe, the God who created you, the God who shaped you in your mother's womb wants to know you personally. He wants to gnosko you. And again, this is a marvelous picture of what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not simply knowing a bunch of stuff about God. Christianity is about knowing God relationally, knowing God personally, the same way a sheep knows his or her shepherd. That's the first thing that Jesus wants us to see here. And we have a reflection moment to pause on here. Have I settled in my understanding of Christianity 
for knowing about God instead of leaning in to knowing him personally? Have you settled for knowing about God instead of leaning in and knowing him personally? The first thing a good shepherd does is a good shepherd knows his sheep. The second thing is this, the good shepherd leads his sheep. Now, the good shepherd doesn't just know us. We've talked about that, but the good shepherd leads his sheep, guides his sheep, points them and goes before them in the right direction. Jesus says the good shepherd actually speaks to his sheep and the sheep follow because they recognize his voice. Look at this from a few verses earlier in John 10. The sheep listen to the shepherd's voice He calls his own by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. Now, this is just fascinating to me, and you need to understand a little bit about the ancient culture to understand what Jesus is saying here. You see, in Jesus' day, people did not maintain their own private sheep They didn't have little garages for all their sheep. It simply cost too much money. So the shepherds in the village would get together, they would pool their money, and they would build one pen for all the sheep belonging to all the shepherds in that village. They would take them out to pasture during the day, and at night they would bring them in, they'd put them all in the pen, they would hire a teenager for minimum wage who wanted money for Birkdale to watch them overnight, and then they would go to sleep in their homes. But then in the morning they did the most fascinating thing. They would come... And they would stand at the gate of that pen and they would call their sheep by name and only their sheep would respond and follow. Do you see what Jesus is getting at here? Jesus seems to be saying here that that to be one of his sheep means that we learn to recognize his voice and follow him. Jesus is implying that God is still speaking, but the question is, are we listening? My family and I went to go see the new Frozen movie this week, and if you're the kind of person who's thinking, really, why do we need another another Frozen movie? I just want to tell you, you need to let it go. Uh, (laughs) It was actually a really good film, and I don't want to spoil it for you. No spoilers here. I don't want to spoil it, but let me just tell you, the basic premise is this. Elsa, Queen Elsa, or Princess Queen, I don't know, Queen Elsa. Queen Elsa keeps hearing this voice, this voice that's whispering to her, this voice that's calling to her. And the whole premise is, is is Elsa going to keep ignoring that voice or is she going to respond? And that's the whole premise of the movie. I'll I'll let you figure out the details later, uh, but little tidbit, uh, you know, Olaf does like happy endings, so don't worry, you're probably safe. here's, Here's the idea. For some of you, For some of us, God is speaking right now. I don't mean right now in this. Well, maybe he's speaking right now. But God is speaking to you right now in your life. Right now in your life, God is whispering. He's calling. And the question is, will you tune your ears to his voice? Will you listen and will you follow? For some of you, there's a decision that has to be made. And you know, you know what God is asking you to do but you've been too scared to take the step. For others, God is warning you or cautioning you. He says you can keep going down that path, but it's not gonna go well for you if you keep moving in that direction. And still others, you're in a season of life and you've got your hands gripped so tight on the steering wheel and it is just killing you. 
with stress and anxiety. And God might just be whispering to you, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you let me be your shepherd? Will you surrender your will and your expectations and your control? And will you let me lead you to greener pastures? So how does God speak today? How how does God's whisper come to us? Well, he speaks to us through the scriptures, his word, the Bible. He speaks to us through his people, the body of Christ. Uh, If you're a Christian, he has promised to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, which the scriptures say will lead us into all truth. Uh, And so God is still speaking. He might just be speaking through that still small voice inside of you this morning. God is still speaking, my friends. The question is, are we listening and will we follow? The good shepherd knows. The good shepherd leads. And thirdly, the good shepherd protects. Uh, If you grew up in church, I didn't, but if you grew up in church uh, or have been around church for more than a minute, you've probably seen this photo of Jesus with the big sheep over his shoulders. You remember this one? It it looks like CrossFit Jesus, you know, the CrossFit Jesus. He's got the sheep. He's probably like going, he's doing like uh, squat thrusters every three steps or something with that sheep, you know. I mean, he's like buff, dude, right? You've seen this one. It's from the 70s. He's got long, okay, never mind. Anyway, I love this picture of Jesus. But I think it gets a few things wrong. You see, one of the things that this picture misses is just how vulnerable sheep really are. Look at how Jesus describes it in the next few verses in John 10. He says this, The hired hand, remember that's the teenager, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. See, Jesus is reminding us that there is a very real enemy to the human soul in our world. And it is not the Dementors from Harry Potter, nor the Black Riders from Mordor, but it is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There is a very real spiritual enemy In our lives. And Jesus says that left to our own devices, we are toast. Toast with a little side of lamb chops in this case, but toast, we're toast. But here's the thing here's the thing. And here's what Jesus is getting at in this passage He is not like the hired hand. Why? Well, because when the enemy comes, the hired hand says, I don't own these sheep. I'm getting paid minimum wage, man. I'm I'm piecing out, right? I could care less. But Jesus, not just because he's a shepherd, but because he is a good shepherd, will never abandon his sheep. He'll never leave his sheep. Why? Because they are his own. They belong to him. In fact, he will fight for and defend them to the very, very In the ancient world, shepherds had two important tools at their disposal. The first was a staff. You probably already know what that looks like. Big, long hook kind of thing, right? That was used for kind of rescuing sheep, keeping them going, right? The staff was kind of a soft, gentle, loving tool. But the shepherds also carried what was called a rod. Now, a rod was a, we think, maybe two to three foot long, kind of heavy stick with a big bulb on the end, right? 
Think, think like a Louisville slugger, but like with a big steel softball on the end. That probably wasn't steel, right? You get, you get a feel for this? And the rod was used for one thing and one thing only. A rod was used for defending the sheep from its predators. I never fully understood this in, until I met a modern-day shepherd named James. I met James when we were still living in Los Angeles, and James uh, is a Maasai warrior. He grew up amongst the Maasai in Africa, and he is also a shepherd. Uh, he happens to also be a Christian. He was coming to share his story with us. It was amazing. I had heard from my buddy who introduced me to James that James had actually killed two lions with his bare hands. I was like, I have to meet this guy, right? You know, so, so I, I walk into James, and I'm thinking I'm going to meet, like, well, I think I'm going to meet CrossFit Jesus. But actually, James was only about 5'2", he, he, probably 130 pounds. And I thought, oh, I can take this guy. Are you kidding me? Right? Like, what's this guy? So anyway, I meet James, and so I say, James, tell, like, tell me what, what's going on. And by the way, he brought one of those rods. He actually carried it. It was incredible. And, and I, I said, James, tell me what, what's going on when, when you're slaying these these lions, I mean, you know, when I slay lions, this is kind of how I do it. But how, how do you do it, James? You know, and he says, well, Aaron, you know, when the lion comes and is threatening your sheep, you do what any shepherd would do. You get between the lion and your sheep. You, you just stand between them, between them, so that when the lion attacks, he has to attack you. And so that, I was like, okay. I said, James, well, what do you do when the lion attacks? He goes, well, you kill it. That was it for James. I got, that was, I got no more details for that. He just killed a light with his bare hands. Well, he had a little rod, but his bare hands, right? See, James gives us a picture of what it looks like for a shepherd to defend their sheep. The psalmist writes this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for your, here it is, rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus, Jesus, when he is our good shepherd, when we belong to him, Jesus will stop at nothing to defend us from anything that threatens the good that he wants to accomplish in our lives. Nothing. And someone here today just needs to be reminded of that truth. In fact, that's probably the very reason God got you out of bed this morning. Because right now, it feels like, and I don't know your battle, I don't know what line you're facing, but right now, it feels like you are facing that battle alone that it is you against the lion and you know who is going to lose. And I'm here, I'm here to tell you that you are not fighting that battle alone. Jesus says, you are mine. You belong to me. And there is nothing, nothing that can come between you and me. Not even that lion. Which brings us to our fourth and final thing that the good shepherd does. And that is this. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You see, there will be many lions, many threats that come in your life. But there is one enemy, one enemy that cannot be fended off with a staff or killed with a rod. And that enemy is death itself. And here I want to pause and make Uh, just take a moment to describe what Christianity is all about at its very core in the most basic, simple, clear way I possibly can. See, God's initial plan when he created you and me was that we might live as part of his flock. We, his sheep, he, our shepherd. 
We might listen to his voice. We might obey that voice. And as a result, we might live in the green pastures of Eden that God intended for us. But there's a problem. And the problem is that like real sheep, we are all prone to wandering. And as the prophet Isaiah says, like sheep in each in our own way, we have all gone astray. We have all turned against God. And this turning away from God and following our own path is something that the Bible calls sin. And though there is much more that we could say about this topic and this word, the result, the simple truth, is that the result of this sin, the result of turning away, the result of being a sheep going astray, is that the consequence of that decision is death. But God in his grace and mercy, found a way to satisfy even that enemy. He sent his son Jesus to rescue us so that 2,019 years ago, a baby was born in a manger that would be God's son. He would live a perfect life. He would die on a cross to pay for our sins. In other words, On that cross, he took the consequences for every wandering and wrongdoing the world would ever see. He defeated death by dying in our place. That's what it means that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And now, this is the offer he gives us. In exchange, he offers us his life, abundant life here on earth, eternal life after earth. And all we need to do is ask him to be our good shepherd. All we need to do is ask him to rescue us, to say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sheep. I admit that I go astray. Would you be my savior? Would you be my good shepherd? And if you will choose that, if you will make Jesus your good shepherd, you know what will happen? Well, the psalmist tells us in Psalm 23, he says this, if you will do that, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life and you shall dwell in the house of God forever. Jesus wants to lead you to green pastures where you can find rest for your soul. And the question is, my friends, the question is, will you follow him? Will you make him your good shepherd today? Can we pray?